Advertising can be a loaded topic. When it works, it makes sense. But if you struggle to see the value, it's hard to wrap your head around why it's even worth the investment in the first place. So the, for the purposes of this series, we're going to focus on digital advertising, which is where we see most of the challenges and also most of the opportunities. Hello, and welcome to Industrial Marketing Simplified. This is a six-part audio series that explains how industrial companies successfully attract new prospects in tactical ways that are easy to understand. This is the fourth module, and we're focusing on digital advertising, how to get in front of your customers without wasting money. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm, and I'm joined by my business partner, Chad Croker. We specialize in helping industrial businesses attract new customers. On today's module, we're going to talk about why is investing in digital advertising actually important? What are the options? What are the challenges? And the elusive, what do I spend? So Chad, let's start us off. Why is advertising important? So for some of the listeners, this may seem a bit like a silly question, but for others, you totally get it. Advertising can be a loaded topic. When it works, it makes sense. But if you struggle to see the value, it's hard to wrap your head around why it's even worth the investment in the first place. So the, for the purposes of this series, we're going to focus on digital advertising, which is where we see most of the challenges and also most of the opportunities. Okay, so digital advertising is critical for industrial companies for four primary reasons. The first being reach, the second awareness, the third perception, the fourth ability to scale, ability to learn, and then the ability to scale. Mm -hmm. So Chad, break it down for us. Like let's reach again, seems a little bit obvious at first blush, but give us a, define it for us. Yeah, okay. So reach really allows companies to reach markets and people and convert them to customers that they may not be realistically able to do otherwise. Okay, so advertising can help you find and get in front of new customers. So that's number one, reach. Number two, stay of mi- stay top of mind. Or stay top of mind, or mean awareness. Yes, absolutely. It helps companies stay in their customer's consideration set. So even if a customer has heard of your company before, if it's not an option that easily comes to mind when they're ready to buy, you're at a disadvantage. Advertising can help you stay connected with your customers. The third is change perception. So it can play a big role in shaping what your customers think about you. For prospects that have not yet become a customer and may not have spoken to anyone at your company, how well advertising does its job can make or break a sale. Even for existing companies, advertising can shape the opinion. Okay, so number four, ability to learn. It helps you better understand your customers by seeing what content they're most interested in. This can show you how to communicate with them in the future and also where you can innovate and evolve your product offering. And then the fifth is scale. So it can help you do all of these things at a much larger scale than you could if you were solely relying on face-to-face sales. And of course, what all of these ultimately do is help you drive sales. What I love to think about it as, the ability to learn, change perception, then the thing that digital is different than advertising in the way it quote unquote used to be, whatever that means, radio, newspaper, TV, with digital, it's like being able to see the other side of the chessboard when you're playing the game. Where did they click? What did they like? How much time did they spend there? Where did they end up? Did they forward it? Did they share? The ability to manage that, but then to see and get an idea, like that learn and scale part for me, number four and five are so critical to think about how much not only, oh, is this going to get me leads? How much power does it give you from knowledge and information? And that's where the digital journey, I know we've really called that out and not saying that other things like trade shows or trade pubs or 
maybe your industry has a print publication that comes out once a year that is a review of all of the vendors. Those things can be very, very critical. Where they often lack is the ability for them to feed you back that critical information that allows you to make decisions. I'm not going to say in real time, but weekly is very different than waiting to the end of the year or the end of the quarter and finding out if, if it worked. That gets industrial marketers that I know really excited because they're getting data that they didn't have before. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about advertising options, so okay, so if advertising is important you can, and help contribute to sales, where are the, where what are the options for industrial marketers? Like where where, where do we play? Yeah, so the the four channels that we really focus on are search, display, social, and then independent media. So let's start off with search. So specifically, this is paid ads. Google is obviously the leader, but Bing and Yahoo are totally still relevant. Um, for the cost, it's it's quite relevant actually for a lot of industrial companies. Um, paid search is a high intent channel because people are obviously actively searching. Mm. Search can be highly competitive and pricey for high volume search terms, but you pay each time someone clicks and the rates vary based on industry, individual terms and current trends. So this is like from a, from a back to our buying journey perspective, this is getting a lot closer to once they understand what they're actually looking for. Mm -hmm. If they're looking for your company, if they're looking for your specific product by name or a certain problem directly that you're you're solved, that's where we could where search could play play a really key role in back to the modern buying journey. Absolutely. Okay. The second is display. So these are the traditional banner ads that you see on various websites. They're typically bought with large networks that have placements on many sites. So the Google Display Network example is the biggest. Um, you pay for impressions, not clicks. Okay. Okay, which so is which is that's a really key thing to 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 it to, is to because call out. this makes it much more of an awareness game. Mm. Um, they're so way earlier in the buying journey. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. There are a wide range of targeting options from interest to individual people, although this is changing with the new privacy laws. Um, it works best when used in combination with other channels to remind prospects of your brand. And specifically, display is bought by CPM or cost per 1,000 impressions. Okay. It's also, uh, in certain cases, bought by cost per acquisition. So that's an actual lead acquisition. Um, or cost per click. So there's a variety of different ways that you can purchase display. That's number two. Number three is social media. So this includes advertising on platforms like LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, you know, even TikTok and Snapchat. They have they have a, a place in the industrial marketing space. Okay. Um, LinkedIn is typically the most powerful for B2B advertising. And that's specifically because of the range of targeting options like job title, function, um, seniority, geographic location. Uh, social doesn't have the same privacy challenges as display since the platforms are using their own data. Mm-hmm. And then this is co- this is purchased uh, in the same three other ways as display, which is cost per uh, impression and then cost per acquisition or cost per click. Okay. And what I'm hearing also is that these, although have all their own unique nuances about them, what I'm hearing is they're what like like so much of what we're saying. These needs to be used in conjunction with each other yes. in a properly formatted, or you can really not know what's working and waste your money really quickly. Absolutely, but you know it's uh, same with the theme of crawl, walk, run that we have in a lot of the different categories of this series. Start with one. Mm, okay. Right. The thing that happens is a lot of times companies will say, "Okay, well we're we have these four different categories now. Let's do all four of these categories." But the problem is is that brings us one back to one of the challenges, which is attribution. Right. So do that I sounds know a lot, that, that sounds a lot like running. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you. I, the fourth. Start small and learn. Yeah. <laughs> I sense a theme. I sense a theme. Mm. The fourth is independent media. 
Um, it might be easier to, to see it as sponsored media. Okay. So this includes any media that offers direct advertising options. So sponsored content. So going back even to the owned, paid, uh, owned, earned, and paid is that you're able to pay to sponsor for editorials on a, on a site. Okay, so these are articles, but they can include things like display banners or even video ads, things like that. Independent media is great for targeting a specific audience that reads a particular media source. Again, I don't want to overuse it. I've said it multiple times on this and past modules. Trade Publications is such a great example. I know so many organizations, they're not sure if they're getting ROI from their trade publication advertising, but they're buying their one-page ad every year because that's their commitment to be in the industry. And I've had mm -hmm. leaders, I've had industrial leaders tell me, well, Tyler, if we're not in this magazine, it seemed like we're not actually participating in our space. That's such a great example of an independent sponsored media purchase that isn't always tied into a marketing campaign. Sometimes it's just part of being in the club. Yeah, Not absolutely. to minimize that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is it, absolutely supporting the industry. I think is a great, you know, great way of identifying that. This, uh, this is typically so independent or sponsored media is typically purchased by cost per acquisition or placement. So that means am I actually getting some lead? It's it's a powerful tool because you're thinking about it in the sense that I'm actually gaining people um, that are specifically in the industry that I'm getting attracted that are that are becoming attracted to me. Right. Or oftentimes to your point about the trade publication, it could simply just be awareness. It's a yeah. high level. It's just keeping your name top of mind for people so they know you exist. Yeah. We don't want to rule that out. Oftentimes though, that can be looked it can create this illusion that like, oh yeah, I just spend my $2,500 or $5,000 a year. I have no idea what it does for me. So you have to be careful. You have to understand why you're doing it and it doesn't always neatly tie into an ROI story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great point. Doesn't make it, doesn't make it wrong, yeah. to be clear. <laughs> so some of the challenges, obviously there's the complexity. We talked about that, uh, uh, that over, overlays it. But when you talked about industrial businesses, specifically with digital advertising, what are the top three things you see that like uh, get, get companies frustrated? Mm. So, uh, yeah, the, the top three are number one, where to start, uh, time to ROI. So when am I actually going to start seeing results? And then how much to spend? So let's start with where to start. There are a lot of options, and within each option are more decisions from how to buy or who to target, what ad formats to use. This can be overwhelming. There's really no replacement for experience and expertise in this particular area. But again, we take a crawl, walk, run approach with customers who are just starting to dip their toes into the digital advertising world. We generally start with LinkedIn and we work from there. Okay, I know we've referenced LinkedIn a few times already in, in this module and future in terms of why, but let's, ask, let's answer that question. Why LinkedIn? So LinkedIn is focused exclusively on business. <laughs> That's a good place to start. <laughs> it has the ability, therefore, to, to target specific industries. You can target roles, you can target specific companies, uh, you can target specific geographic regions. But in addition to its targeting power, LinkedIn is a great tool to learn more about how people in different roles or companies respond to your content. And one of the things that I want to touch on a little bit with LinkedIn as well is that if you're supporting it with organic, it's it's really like any business. I mean, if you're investing in advertising certain content within LinkedIn, it's also going to propel some of your organic posts. You're going to find yourself generating some uh, leads through LinkedIn if you're also posting on your feed. So outside of not knowing where to start, the other question we're often asked is how quickly they can expect to see returns on the advertising investments. Mm -hmm. It does take time to get efficient and you should, you, you really can't expect to see things like 10x results immediately. Although I will say that in our experience, when companies have grown through referral exclusively, 
their own networks, hard sales work, these type of things, it's pretty easy or it's pretty exciting, I should say, to to see any new leads from businesses that you've never heard of. Mm. It can take up to 12 weeks, I would say, to figure out the best mix of channel and ad content and investment levels for a unique situation. But it depends if you're looking for awareness, um, subscriptions to newsletters as an example, or a booked appointment. So when you think about your lead, what is a lead? Like, what is the action that you're wanting to get from them? So, Good point. And back to lead scoring, which I know we talked about in an earlier module, or we just we just touched on when you really understand like what action or what task, back to our task, if you think about your prospect completing a task like opting into a newsletter or downloading a brochure or requesting more information, that is a really interesting way to go, okay, what value would I allot to that? Because you're right, we, this is industrial. These are months and months and months oftentimes between those first inquiries and an, act, and an actual purchase. Mm -hmm. It's not like going to the store and buying a toothbrush. I yeah. see it, I buy it, and it's done. If you think about the ROI as a journey, the discipline there is not putting all of your waiting on the final action, which is the sale. Of course, we all do that. It's easy to do. But start to bring value to, if they download a brochure, what value is that to me in terms of them on their journey? Mm -hmm. It takes a little bit more work, and I don't want to over like minimize it by the way I said it. But you got to think about if you always rely on the sale being your only indicator of ROI, you will often come up disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that covers the first two, where to start and uh, time to ROI. The, the third one, this concept of how much do I spend, it's a super complex question. It depends on a few factors. There are some rules of thumb that we recommend to have in mind when approaching this. So number one is, is look at your competition. What are they spending? You can't find this for every channel, but one example is Google search. It allows you to see the total monthly ad spend for specific search terms. And that can be a really good indication as to know how much to spend. The second is really about your revenue goals. So take a realistic look at what your ideal customer spend uh, is and then work back from there. So, you know, are you going to spend $5,000 to close a $50,000 sale? This is what you really need to understand all of your costs and your margins so that you can plan it out financially. And I want to touch on that a little bit. There is some discipline there. And this is also whether you're on the sales side of this of this audio module or you're on the marketing side or you're at the leadership side. These become financial questions. They don't become finger in the wind. They don't become like, oh, what's mm -hmm. my marketing budget? I'm going to take a guess at it. Really understanding the lifetime value of your customer, the gross margin on a specific sale. There's a for It is formulaic. There's always a point of where you still need to believe and take that leap of faith to start down the road. But when it comes to do actual dollars to revenue and margin, that's where I find most industrial companies have that locked down. It just doesn't always permeate itself to the marketing conversation. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. it has to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a great point. And, and that kind of drives us into really how valuable is a lead is the third. So first, you know, what is your competition spending? Second, what are your revenue goals? And then number three is how valuable is a lead? So if you know how valuable a customer is to you, you know, known as is lifetime value. So the amount of profit that you're likely to receive from a given customer over the lifespan within your company, then you can better determine the customer acquisition costs that you can invest. And that's such an interesting one for companies that I've worked with where oftentimes there's a little bit of a black box when it comes to the sales team. Like how do you allocate it? How, you do, how do you make allotment? But most companies where I find there is no gray area, when you get to the P&L and you understand the actual gross margin of the cost to deliver, and then you can start to work it apart from there. Mm -hmm. But it very much is a conversation that needs to be inclusive. And I find in industrial, because back to your point about earlier about it being a formulaic input versus output, you have product engineers, you have a highly technical um, thinking group when you start doing this as a marketer, so for all the marketers listening, 
if you don't do this, you're always going to get relegated to maybe this the, the end of the meeting or the side of the table. Yeah. When you start bringing it to, into this conversation, all of a sudden, I will guarantee you that the conversation will change. So whether you're a leader and you're not having this conversation with your marketing team or you're a marketing marketing or sales team and you're not pushing this conversation up to your leadership, there's going to create a gray area where marketing, quote unquote, can get minimized. And we're here to unminimize marketing every step of the way. Mm. Yeah. And to that, to that point, I mean, what comes to my mind, too, when you're saying that is that uh, patience and consistency are also a big part of this mix, right? I mean, when we talk about a, a $5,000, you know, cost per acquisition, as an example, I mean, your advertising spend may be, you know, $1,200 or $6,000 a month. Like there's a range is what I'm saying. And when you start looking back, you need to have some time in market to really be able to know what is your actual cost per acquisition. And the only way that you can do that is through patience and consistency. So stay in the market, give it that a little extra time. The more data that you get, the better. Crawl, walk, run. I'm going to beat the <laughs> drum. I'm going to beat the drum. Say it over and over again. Hey, there, there, it might just be important. So we covered a lot today. Today was a bit of a heavy episode. So first things first, if you if you made it through and you've enjoyed it, and you've jotted some notes down on your computer or on, or, or on the back of an envelope on your desk, go back and give this a listen again. It's worth breaking it apart because this is not a 20-minute one-and-done episode. There's a lot of complexity to digital advertising. First and foremost, though, why is investing in digital advertising important? We touched on it for a variety of reasons. My favorite reason is the optics you can get in the learning that you can get incrementally. There's never a waste because there's always something to learn mm -hmm. versus Traditional advertising, I might have put a billboard up on the busiest intersection in town and I don't get a lead. All I learned is that billboard didn't work. I don't know anything else. Digital, I know so much more. So think about it as a learning opportunity. You're going to enjoy it way more and get way more value for your team. What are the primary options for industrial markers? We talked about display. We talked about paid. We talked about social media. And we talked about um, independent all valuable. And there can be some nuances, each one of those, but understand those four categories. And Chad, you said it again, discipline, pick one and try it and then start to learn. And then you can decide on what comes next. What are the most common challenges? We talked about it. I think like, where do I start time to ROI? And more importantly, I think the biggest one is how much do I spend? And that's a bigger conversation, but one that put with a little bit of financial acumen, you can get to that number actually pretty reasonably and in a fairly trusted way. Um, and from that perspective, I think it sets everyone out. It sets you on a good foundation to learn. But knowing that, you know, again, it takes a few minutes to grasp, takes a lifetime to master. There's no better way to sum up digital advertising. If you enjoyed today's module, please reach out. Give us your feedback. And more importantly, we're available on LinkedIn, Tyler Chisholm and Chad Croker, but also pass it along to your team members. The sooner we get on the same page, the sooner we start driving results. Don't forget to join us for module five, technology, the pitfalls and the opportunities.